This is a Hoff Studios podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Harry Tales, the podcast where I, Harry Hill, tell you the tales of my life or whatever else I want to talk about. And this week, I have one final week of being 27 years old, so I thought it would be fun to reflect, reminisce, and go over the 27 most defining moments of this past year. I really get a kick out of, not not a kick out of, like... I really just enjoy when people reflect on their year. Um, I think when somebody turns a year older and they are able to come to some sort of conclusion about what the last year held, what they learned, what they liked, what they didn't like, their roses, their thorns. I just really like hearing that because I feel like it helps me do that for myself. Does that make sense? I'm thinking of a list that Taylor Swift made a couple years ago when she turned 30. And I want to say the list was called 30 Things I Learned Before I Turned 30 or something like that. And I have read that list multiple times. There's wisdom, there's humor, there's a plug for command strips (laughs) that isn't sponsored. She's just like, I love command strips. And it's just those sort of lists that I really enjoy. So I thought that I would do that here on Harry Tales. And I also think that it would be fun because I think some people, (laughs) some people haven't listened to the podcast yet. And this would be a great episode to start because I think you'll get to know me a little bit better. Um, Also, there's... I've been thinking about age because I was with a friend recently and she met a friend on Bumble BFF and they hung out and she was like, yeah, it was fun. And I was like, oh, how old is she? And my friend was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, how do you not know how old she is? You hung out with her. (laughs) And my friend was kind of like, well, I don't know. It was rude to ask how old somebody is. And to me, that's one of the first questions I asked. And I, and she was kind of like, that's rude. Like, what are you talking about? To me, asking somebody how old they are is a gauge of how, like where they are in life, how much they've lived, where they were when Michael Jackson died. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to know where to start with somebody. You know, if somebody says they're 24, it's like, okay, thanks. I don't need to hear anything else. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it really is like if somebody is, if I'm 27 and somebody is 26 or 28, I'm like, we get it. 
Okay, we might not see eye to eye on everything. Like we might hate each other, but like we understand because we were born around the same time. Doesn't that just, don't you want to know how somebody, like how old somebody is just so that you can figure them out a little bit more? Am I the crazy one? I know that when we were growing up, it was always like, don't ask a woman how old she is, which is (laughs) kind of funny now and also kind of weirdly sexist. Like why do women get, to not like uh, anyway i ask people how old they are sue me it's like my first question i'm like hi i'm harry how old are you i think curiosity is underrated i think we need to bring curiosity back i think we need to probe a little bit more about simple things like age (laughs) so i'm harry i'm 27 and these are the most defining moments of my 27th year. Not all of them are moments per se. Sometimes it's like, um, well, you'll see. The first one, number 27, is Emily Mariko's Salmon Bowl. (laughs) I don't think that I've ever come across a meal that I enjoy as much that is considered like kind of healthy like I don't know if rice is healthy but I know salmon's healthy unless you get to the side of TikTok where salmon isn't healthy of course but this meal is so simple it's so easy I know she didn't like originate making salmon with rice but she just made it look so easy and she showed you how to do it and I learned and I make that There was a moment where I was making it like twice a week, dead ass. (laughs) So I would say that's a very defining moment. It's a very defining meal of my 27th year. I made it for the first time on October 12th. That's another thing I just want to say about this list is like, I made sure to make a list of things that actually happened while I was 27. Like it's not some, it's not, this isn't the Taylor Swift list of things I've learned over the years. This is like 27. So the Emily Mariko salmon bowl, (laughs) number 27. I make it with fresh salmon, right? I don't use leftover salmon. I know that's what the recipe calls for. I use salmon that I cook and then I mix it with rice and I do the thing. Also no mayo, but that's number 27. Number 26, my toe ring broke off. I've been wearing a toe ring since I went to Hawaii with my family in 2016, 15, 14. It was on for, I want to say like 10 years or something. Having a toe ring is a personality trait, right? Because you either have a toe ring or you don't. And if you've never had a toe ring, you cannot understand what it is like to have a toe ring. And if you're listening to this going, oh my God, well, I could never have a toe ring because doesn't it hurt your foot? Can't you feel it in your shoe? For the first like two hours and then you forget about it and then it's just magic. It's just on your, it's on your toe. It's so beautiful. I got a matching toe ring with my mom and it finally broke off this past year. And I was sad, but I was also like, it was freeing. (laughs) It was freeing in this weird way. Anyway, my 
my toes are naked right now. So I'm in no rush to get another toe ring, but I am on the market for one, if you know a guy. 25, the whitelisted ad. So when I made this list, I was about to just like tell you which ad it was. And if you follow me on Instagram, if you have followed me on Instagram the past year, you chances are you probably saw this ad. If you are on Instagram and you were on Instagram in like December of 2021, you probably saw this ad. This is the first ad that I had that was whitelisted, which means, and I'm still kind of <clears throat> a little unclear on what it really means, but basically whitelisting means that you, I post an ad and then the brand has the power to boost it like whenever they want. So if you've ever seen an ad on Instagram that you just keep seeing over and over again and it runs for like, do you remember when Emma Chamberlain did that Curology ad where she would just be in your face being like, Curology, Curology, or like some of the better help ads where you see a creator that you know and you're like, okay, why are they telling me about BetterHelp every day? <laughs> you guys are like, uh, I don't get BetterHelp ads. <laughs> um, this was an ad that I did and I had to do a taste test and it was whitelisted. And basically I was doing, like I said, a taste test of a bunch of holiday treats. I'd never had an ad be whitelisted before, so I didn't know what it was like to have an ad be on everybody's feed, even after I posted it. Like for like two months after I posted it, this ad was just coming up on people's feeds. A guy that I used to hook up with texted me and was like, yo, ha, like this ad is all over my feed still. And that was when I was like, oh, like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't, we might have to, I might have to go switch my contracts around and not allow people to whitelist. I don't think I've done a whitelisted ad since. I think I told my manager never, never let a brand whitelist something unless it's like shot in a studio or something. I shot this at my kitchen table. It wasn't my best work and it was a taste test. And the funny thing about the ad was that I didn't read the brief <laughs> because I thought it was a simple, take a picture with a piece of cake. I truly thought it was going to be a piece of cake. So I get out my lights and I'm ready to take a picture and I get out the brief to make sure that like, you know, there's no weird rule that's like, you can't hold a fork or like, you know, influencer briefs have crazy rules. I get the brief and it's like, must be at least two minutes long. I said, oh, it's a video. Oh, it's a video. That must be two minutes long. Oh, okay. The light is like fading in my kitchen. You know, it's like 4 p.m. <laughs> I probably had to have the content in at like 5. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fine, it's fine. So I shoot it, edit it, send it in, and then it was on everybody's feeds for the next two months. Good, great. So that was a defining moment because it was a lesson learned. Don't do anything whitelisted because a guy that you hooked up with is going to see it <clears throat> and it will be embarrassing. Embarrassing. So number 24 is meeting Addison Ray. 
and I know, I know you're probably like, Harry, shut up. But it was a defining moment because to meet someone who is so relevant in the field that I'm in, it was like meeting the president a little bit. You know what I mean? Addison Ray is such a big social media star. I work on social media like it, she's my president. You know what I mean? It was kind of like meeting the president at 9 a.m. at American Eagle Outfitters in Soho for a Christmas TikTok event. <laughs> I got the email that was like, do you want to go shopping with Addison Ray?" And the other people were the guy from Chase from Outer Banks, Chase Stokes, who didn't like me because I made a comment about him and Madeline Klein, which was like awkward and I didn't mean to, but like it just came out. And then the other, another girl from Outer Banks that wasn't, Mad <laughs> wasn't Madeline Klein. And then Addison Ray. And of course I walked in, I'm like on my Addison watch. She's folding t-shirts. She's like folding shirts. She's like fixing a display. Like she was really going for the whole like, I work at American Eagle and I'm just going to help you shop. Is that not the sweetest thing you've ever heard? I was like, Addison, <laughs> we, t we took our pictures and it was a really windy night the night before. And I said, oh my God, did you hear the wind last night? And she said, yeah, I did. That was a defining moment. It was, I don't care. It was a defining moment. I meet Addison Ray at American Eagle Outfitters and we both heard the wind last night. Yeah, that's defining. Number 23, getting linen sheets. This is a defining moment because it was the first time that I invested in myself. <laughs> no, it was the first time that I invested in like home, something for the home. I think the last pair of sheets that I had before getting linen sheets was a pair of Jennifer Lopez sheets that my mom got for me from Kohl's in like 2017 or something. Like I had them forever, it was disgusting. And before I got linen sheets, I had seen Brooklyn and before, and I was just like, okay, but how am I gonna spend $450 on sheets? Like in no, in no way, shape or form can I do that. But I you know, made some money and I was like, okay, it's time. And I really wanna try linen sheets because I, I like the aesthetic of them and I just wanted to try something new. Summer was coming up, I was ready. Brooklinen has a sale like every weekend, <laughs> which I love. So I bit the bullet and I got linen sheets and I can't go back. I can't go back. Like there's something about linen sheets, you guys, that I implore you to try if you find yourself with the means to invest in some linen sheets, I highly, highly recommend them. They're just delicious. They really changed my sleep game. Like I make my bed, that's one thing. They made me like want to make my bed because it looks really cute when it's like your linen bed all made. And they made me wanna get into bed. I feel like I don't go out as much because I have linen sheets. <laughs> like. 
I'd rather just like go to bed than like go out. Number 22 is having a New Year's Eve soiree. So I live alone and for New Year's 2022, I was in the city. Usually New Year's is one of those weird holidays where like I never remember what I did because I feel like it was never anything that crazy or special or cool. And I feel like sometimes I'm back home in Chicago because I just spent Christmas with my family. So sometimes I just stay at home in Chicago and go out there or hang out with my parents. So this year I was in New York and I was like, why don't I just have my own little New Year's Eve party? Like it was my first time having a party by myself. Like when I had roommates, we would throw parties, but for just myself, this was my first time. And it's kind of scary because it's like your shit's everywhere and you're like, you don't have a roommate to be a buffer. You know what I mean? You don't have somebody else that's going to also be like, don't go in there or like whatever. So I invited like seven people. <laughs> I invited like seven people. My, my good friends, Melissa and Adriana, we kind of um, planned something together. We invited some people and I got balloons. I got a bunch of food. I got a bottle of Veuve Clicquot that we drank on the roof at midnight. It was really fun and it was really cool. I remember, I just remember the feeling of when everybody left, like I was still kind of like celebratory. Like I was still just like coming down from like a, a fun party at like 3 a.m. And I just remember being like, this is so cool. Like I'm an adult, <laughs> not to, not to sound cheesy, but the learning lesson from this party, you guys listen up. If you leave a lemon on marble, it will erode the marble. And how I know that is because I found a marble cutting board on the side of the street <laughs> and I took it upstairs and I washed it off and I put it out at the party. <laughs> I put it over the stove. If you've been to a party in New York City, you know that like putting a cutting board on the stove is like a hack because you're not gonna use the stove at the party. So you can use it as like counter space so it was kind of like our bar, like was like the stovetop with like a street marble cutting board on it. Somebody squeezed a lemon into a drink and then put the lemon on the cutting board. I went when I was cleaning up the next day. I took off the lemon and there was like it, it's all rough and it's like discolored. And I was like, wait, what? And I Googled like marble lemon and it was like, yeah, that will discolor your marble. And I was like, oh no, I got this off the street and you're telling me it's ruined? <laughs> That's the thing about street marble. You can leave lemons on it and <laughs> you're none the wiser. No, I, I am wiser. I was looking for the words to say. We, what, what would you be? You're none the something. Number 21. Being in a cut article that claimed I was boyfriends with someone I was just seeing. So I went to the Dumois X studs party in January. No, it was December or January. December. December 2021 with my friend Serena. Serena Kerrigan. And she was being followed by a writer for the cut. 
that night because the writer does a series called Are You Coming? And it's a series about like cool people going out in New York and this writer will follow around one person each week or, you know, whenever. And that night they were following around Serena. So we go to this party and I'm seeing this guy, like we're seeing each other, but like that's, we're not dating. We're just seeing each other. Right. And we all go to dinner at American bar afterwards. This is like online if you want to read about it, but, um, me and this guy were being very friendly at the dinner table because we just came back from the Dumois party. Like, let us live. So we might have, like, been kissing at the table. And the writer writes this article where basically the gist of the article is a timeline. So it says, like, you know, 10.04, Harry Hill joins us at the table at American Bar, whatever, whatever. But the writer refers to us as boyfriends. It was like Harry and his boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. They were so in love, blah, blah, blah. Um, did somebody fact check this? So the article comes out like a week later or something. And I think I get like an early look at it somehow. I don't know. Maybe Serena sent it to me or something, but... I get to the part and it's like your heart starts pounding, you know, because it's like your name in print is like one thing. But for them to be like saying you're boyfriends with somebody that you're not boyfriends with and you guys also hadn't talked about what you were really. So like it was kind of like, wait, is this article going to like define our relationship right now? Like (laughs) I just remember taking the walk like the very like stressed out walk to Central Park. I like text the the article to my manager. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do we do? And she's like, I can kill it. I can kill it. Like as if I'm fucking Megan fucking Fox. You know what I mean? Like as if this matters, as if anybody's going to fucking care. I'm doing like a, I'm doing like damage control. Right. (laughs) So me and my boyfriend, had to talk about it. We had to like set up a time to be like, we had to set up a time to be like, what are we? We had to set up a time to be like, the cut says that we're dating. And I was like, I like you, but like, we're just seeing each other. (laughs) Like we're just seeing each other. So we agreed that we were seeing each other. (laughs) But the defining moment with that was like, people are just going to write shit. People are truly just going to write shit. So it was a learning lesson in like people will write shit about you. If you're any sort of like public persona, people are just going to write what they want to make something sound good or look good or be interesting. But I think the bigger takeaway, because I'm not Megan Fox, you know, I'm not, there's not articles about me rolling out every day. The bigger thing is what you read, even if it's in a big publication, could just be fucking fluff, could just be whatever the reporter or journalist or writer wanted to write. That's it. Like, that's why people get so worked up about everything. Obviously, it's 2022. Just just know that like what sometimes what you're reading sometimes if you're reading something 
it's it's not true and those boyfriends are actually just seeing each other <laughs> take that i'm just kidding no that was it was a defining moment anyway 20 finally getting a safety pin earring this one's cute this one's topical uh again th- i kind of put these next to each other because my friend serena brought me to a little absolute shopping happy hour we were actually both absolute partners but she she was a bigger partner (laughs) so she got to invite some friends to go jewelry shopping with her and we went to the last line la uh they have a shop downtown and we each got to spend like stupid amount of money i think it was like i don't i don't even want to say it i don't even know if i'm allowed to i don't think it matters but i got this solid gold safety pin earring and i'd always wanted one since like (laughs) 2019 and I finally got one and it's been in my ear pretty much ever since it's switched ears a couple times I think um but I can sleep on it which I love because it's not sharp and people ask about it all the time and I would say it's pretty defining like in my like 2022 in my 27 year old look the safety pin earring is very prominent I would say Moving right along. 19, having an Equinox membership. (laughs) I know. I love Equinox because it helps me. No, I'm just totally kidding. But my agency, my talent agency that I'm with, Untitled Secret, got access to Gym Pass. And Gym Pass is like a corporate perk. So that was cool in itself is getting a corporate perk, even though, you know, talent agencies are not really like it's not it's not really part of the package is to have like perks but we got this gym membership perk and it basically gives you access to like any gym anywhere ever for like 199 a month and an equinox membership i think is like 150 a month for one gym and then for every gym i think it's like 250 anyway i got a steal on an equinox membership and i went to equinox pretty frequently for like six months i would say and it gave me like it definitely got me in shape and it showed me what life at equinox was like um it's kind of intimidating i don't really care for it if i had it my way i could work out in an empty gym whenever i wanted to (laughs) I think that's everybody. I don't, and no, it's not because people at Equinox love to be like at Equinox. I will say that the chilled towels that they have for when you're done working out or before are really nice. So shout out to Equinox. The one on 85th and 3rd is the one that I started off at, and it's very quiet. It's a bunch of old people. It's not as intimidating as the one on 74th, which is the one I ended up at, which is like all hot people and also. Half of it is underground. It's kind of weird. It's subterranean is the word. 18. Las Vegas three separate times. I went to Las Vegas three separate times this year. I might go one more time. First time, I went for my brother's bachelor weekend. Second time, I went with a group of influencers. Third time, I went with Bacardi to go to the Life is Beautiful Festival. That was like two weeks ago. I'd been to Las Vegas once when I was a kid and we stayed at Treasure Island because it was like 
pirates and you know we were kids I actually don't really know why we went but we did going as an adult obviously is a different story I actually really love it I think the takeaway is just that I can never be bi-coastal because I can't do the six-hour flight to Las Vegas like I just it's a long one maybe it's just because I've done it so many times now but yeah Las Vegas three separate times felt kind of defining like why was I there three separate times you know each time was very different as well very interesting I could probably do a whole episode on it but that is a story for another time 17 getting a mini steamer this actually kind of goes off one of the biggest trips because I went with Serena 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 you better be listening to this episode because I mentioned you 1400 times I went to Vegas with Serena and she had a steamer in her suitcase. And I was like, we were like three hotel rooms down from each other. It was one of those trips where you like text your friend and you're like, okay, come into your room. Okay, come to my room. Okay, coming to your room. Like it was like, you know, back and forth. And I would go to her room and finally I was like, what is this? And she was like, oh, it's a steamer. And I was like, oh, can I borrow it? So I went back to my room and I steamed all my clothes. And I've never gone back. I went home and I ordered one. It's like this little handheld steamer that you get on Amazon. I steam everything now. I really do. And it's honestly kind of what's um, therapeutic to steam something. And just like it's because it's easy and quick and you just get all the wrinkles out. It's having a steamer and a lint roller, game over. Like, you will look fresh as fuck. <clears throat> fresh as fuck. No, but it's it's a good one. And it's defining. It's definitive. 16. The Instagram Met Gala after party. So getting invited to the Instagram Met Gala after party would have been a lot more cool if this was like 2013. <laughs> but it's 2022 so let's see this the the timeline of events is like I get it I get invited I'm like what the fuck do I wear I end up wearing something kind of stupid I wear shoes that are too big for me and make my feet bleed I walk there alone because I don't get a plus one because I'm not that cool but I'm cool enough to be invited but not cool enough to have a plus one so I have to show up alone heart pounding on the way up like oh my god what am I getting myself into like I'm gonna be there alone like what get there I know literally every single person in line <laughs> I was worried for nothing we go in crazy it's in this crazy mansion like next to the Met and it was kind of a dud you guys it was kind of a dud SZA performed for like three minutes literally she didn't even get dressed up she literally showed up in her pajamas she was wearing like a broken leg boot she was wearing a boot and like pajamas and she was like ah thank you okay and like the whole thing was like instagram made it super close to the met gala i guess to try to make everybody like go there but also instagram weirdly like didn't invite a lot of the people that you'd think they'd invite like I had influencer friends and I'd be like okay what are you wearing to the like Instagram after party and they were like what like I wasn't invited 
And I was like, okay, but if I was invited, like you certainly have to be invited, like, huh? So I think it was just a weird mix of like Instagram not inviting enough people, but like the rooms were like kind of empty. So the definitive, I don't know why I'm trying to spin each one into a learning lesson, but each one kind of is a learning lesson. And the learning lesson there is like, A, if you have to go somewhere alone, like have motherfucking faith that you're not going to just be alone because you will either A, make friends, which I did, or B, no friends, which I did. So there's that. And then also just like sometimes you have to manage your expectations. And I had to manage my expectations that night and I really thought that it was gonna be like crazy, epic, spectacular. And the setting itself was, and the people there were cool, but like we were all kind of like, we were standing around being like, um, is anybody going to the boom boom room? <laughs> like, I don't know. You don't wanna be at a party and have people being like, so what's next? You know what I mean? Like you want the party to be like, I'm never leaving. Anyway, I walked home and my feet bled because I was wearing Prada loafers that were way too big for me. 15, the niacin flush scare. I think this might be a crowd pleaser because my niacin flush story was like epic, not gonna lie, but basically what had happened was all of a sudden I turned bright red and thought I was dying. Like my whole body was on fire. It looked like I had an insane sunburn. I called my mom. I was like, hi, like, I think I'm dying. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I go to the hospital? Not hives, just like, like burning red, like, like sunburn. Like, and I watched it go across my whole body. Like I watched the sunburn, like go down, like thighs, feet, legs, chest, like everything, like just whole body, face, shoulders, lips, teeth, tip of the tongue. And my mom was like, did you like eat anything? Like, and I was like, I really don't know. Like, I don't think so. And I finally texted this girl that I know who's deathly allergic to peanut butter. And I was like, she's got to know something because if she's deathly allergic to peanut butter, like she's got to know like what is up. So I was like, hi, like I'm dying. Do you know what's up? And she was like, have you taken any new supplements recently? And the night before I had gone to Whole Foods and was like, I'm going to be healthy got some omega-3s, got some biotin, and I got some niacin because I thought niacin sounded like niacinamide, which is in skincare, and I was like, oh, this is going to make my skin good. No, it gave me niacin flush. I was just taking it, and (laughs) it was like 300 milligrams or something, like some crazy-ass amount. If you guys have ever taken pre-workout and your skin starts to tingle, like when you're like getting into the gym, it's because the niacin is starting to like flush. And basically niacin like, I don't know what it does. It's actually good for you though. Like it's supposedly good for you. People use niacin flush to like flush out toxins and get rid of sickness. I could actually, I should have done it after Las Vegas. But anyway, I was like, oh yeah, I have taken some new supplements like omega-3s, no, biotin, no. I also took some niacin and we were like, yep. And there's this, there's a thing called niacin flush. And it basically means that if you take 
enough niacin, it will flush you out, turn you red, and it's very uncomfortable, and it burns for like half an hour. Like I put on clothes and got a bunch of Benadryl. And then came back upstairs, took all my clothes off because I was burning, ate the Benadryl. But I lived. And the defining, the defining moment there was like, don't take supplements that you don't know what you're taking just because they sound like skincare ingredients. So, <clears throat> and also that niacin flush is good for you and healthy and maybe you should do it if you're whatever, feeling sick or like you need a reset. <laughs> don't take niacin just because Harry told you on Harry Tales. Thanks. Consult a doctor first. 14, the 818 tasting dinner. To me, getting invited to the 818 tasting dinner is similar to meeting Addison Ray in that it's like, this is my presidency. You know what I mean? This is my government. You know, if I work in social media and Kendall Jenner's tequila brand is like, hi, we'd love to invite you to dinner. That's like going to a correspondence dinner, right? That's like, that's like the House of Senate. If you're on Instagram and you get invited to the 818 tasting dinner on Park Avenue, you're like part of the cabinet. You know what I mean? I thought Kendall was gonna be there. I wore cowboy boots and I carried my Alma BB Louis Vuitton bag because the reason I got an Alma BB Louis Vuitton bag was because I saw Kendall Jenner walking out of the gym with it. That was one of the reasons anyway. Kendall wasn't there. But there was a woman performing singing bowls in a tent outside on the terrace. And we were on like the 20 something floor. And we all tasted 818's new Reprasado flavor. And it was good. And I couldn't tell you what it tasted like, but I made some friends. I laughed, I cried, I had the time of my life, and I said, next time, Kendall better be here. <laughs> Thanks for dinner. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, <clears throat> it was like the mothership reaching out. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, somebody, somebody on the Senate knows me. No, I just, like I said, it's like the call is coming from inside the house, kind of, you know. Ken not that Kendall invited me to dinner. I'm not that delusional, but I am like, she knows. <laughs> she knows. So that was that. I, and I actually got invited to the 818 reserve party the other night, and I didn't go just because I have linen sheets. <laughs> no, but I was just like, I don't want to go and I'm too busy trying to find an apartment and I just couldn't. But if you guys don't know, 818 is coming out with this like nice bottle and it's shaped like an eight and it's really cute and I wanted to go, but I didn't. Kendall wasn't there though, so it's fine. 13, Uber getting shot at on the way to the Victoria's Secret bombshell pop-up, question mark. After the Instagram Met Gala after party, I was kind of hungover, but also kind of just like still drunk. And Victoria's Secret invited me to a bombshell pop-up 
on the High Line, and they gave me an Uber code. If you give me an Uber code, I will go, okay? I'm not going to say no to a free car picking me up and dropping me off at an open bar. You know what I mean? I told you, I'm not that delusional. So I get in the car, and I'm still kind of drunk from the Met Gala Instagram after party. And we're driving down. I'm in a black car. I'm in an Uber black because Victoria's Secret has money. We're driving down the East Side Highway, FDR. And I hear what is like tires popping. And I was like, oh, like tires must be popping. Like we're on the highway, like big whoop. But my driver starts swerving and he's like, get down, get down. (laughs) They're shooting. So I literally, like, quickly unbuckled. And and there are, like, literally, like, shots. Like, there are, like... And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I, like, look out the window. There's, like, a helicopter, like, right in the window. It was, like, a Lana Del Rey music video. And I get down in the middle of the seats. I'm, like, literally, like, laying on top of my Louis Vuitton bag. My AirPods fly out. They're everywhere. All two of them. And... I get out my phone to record because I was like, okay, these are my dying moments. Like we're getting video. And then it's over. And my heart is pounding and me and the driver are literally like, wait, what just happened? Like we like get off the highway and he like gets out to like inspect his car for bullet holes. And I'm like, still kind of drunk from the Instagram Met Gala after party. Like, I'm like, what? And I go on Twitter to be like breaking, like shooting on the highway, right? There's nothing. So then we're like, wait, like, did that happen? Like, we're not both crazy. Something happened. Something just happened. There was a shift. Okay. I take my Louis Vuitton bag up off the ground. I like dust it off. I'm like, I don't even care at this point. I'm like, oh, like some bruises on the Louis Vuitton bag. I almost just got shot at in an Uber black. Okay. I pick up my AirPods and the driver calls his wife. He's like, we don't know what just happened. Like we, I think we just got shot at. There's meanwhile, I have videos. (laughs) I get to the Victoria and then we keep going to the Victoria's Secret bombshell pop up because what what are you supposed to do after you get shot at there's no playbook for when you for when you get shot at on the way to the function do you keep going it's not like the uber is like okay well whoops that was traumatic let's get out now no it's like okay well uh eta is 11:45 <laughs> we're on our way so i get to the party and the nature of the party just adds to like the ridiculousness of this morning because the nature of the party is it's an open party to the public, but then there's a gated off section, like a roped off section for influencers. <sighs> I, it's a defining moment because I mean, everybody on like that, my Instagram story that day, like I've never gotten that many messages probably since Dustin. If you guys know Dustin, if you don't you go look at my Dustin highlight, but I got so many messages because people were like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, oh my God, no. Like, I didn't mean to like, like, I'm fine. I'm drinking champagne at the Victoria's Secret pop-up. But like, yeah, I just like got shot at. 
but then to show up and be in like the roped off influencer place i was like okay so i almost just die and now i'm like squeezed up with all the other influencers who are like like it just like it put everything into perspective i think in this weird way and i know that i kind of made it into this like funny like thing like getting shot at (laughs) on the way to the victoria's secret bombshell pop-up but it was i honestly think that day was kind of like a shift for me in in terms of like it's really not that serious. Like it's not that like nothing is worth your life. (laughs) No influencer open bar is worth your life. I don't know. It just, and I think the other thing about it is that there's no, there's no way to like corroborate. I just wanted to say corroborate. There's no way to confirm what happened. There was never any, like, I th- want to say somebody sent me later that day, like, a Citizens app posting about, like, shooting, like, gunshots heard on the East Side Highway or something. But still, to this day, like, I have no, like, a, like to my knowledge, nothing happened and I have no idea what happened. I don't know if it was, like, fireworks. I don't know if the helicopter was involved. Like, I don't know if Lana Del Rey was hanging out of the helicopter with a machine gun. Like, I don't know what happened, but I do know that my driver told me to get on the ground of the car and called his wife afterwards. And we were both shaken. And I showed up to the Victoria's Secret bombshell pop-up. And I was like, I just almost died. And everybody was like, ha ha ha. Because I'm me and I like to joke. And people just thought I was being funny. and I was just like oh this is like like what if I had you know what I mean like I don't know it just it was like a weird it was a weird moment but it was defining it was definitive so (laughs) every time I get on the east side highway now it's like I I think that was the that was the first time that I truly thought like I was gonna die like, if we're being real, I think that was the, f- maybe the niacin flush. No, I'm kidding. I knew I wasn't going to die with niacin, but like Victoria's Secret shooting, I thought I was going to die. So, and thinking you're going to die is like, you either have thought you were going to die or you haven't. It's like having a toe ring. You either have had a toe ring or you haven't. That's it. 12. Tooth gem. I got a tooth gem and... I'm still in the defining moment of it because I got it in like June and it's about to be October and it's still on. And the girl did say when she put it on that it could last between two months and 22 months or two months and two years. And it's still on. And I kept telling myself if it's still on by like October, then I'm going to like floss it off because that's how you get it off. (laughs) Otherwise it just falls off. But it's still on and I wouldn't think anything of it except for people, multiple people have been like, it's still on. Like, do you brush your teeth? And I'm like, my toothbrush vibrates. Okay. Yeah. I brush my fucking teeth. Thank you. But I do get it. And now whenever I see other people with tooth gems, I'm like, wait, 
ew, like, should I take mine off? Like, is this gross of us? But then I also am like, this is like, I wanted this and like, I think it's cute. So like, why does anybody else matter? So I'm still learning from this one. I'll keep you updated. 11, getting my mom a coach bag for Christmas. Okay, this one is really cute because this is one of those moments that makes you feel like you made it in life. Um, I don't know. I think getting something nice for your mom for Christmas is one of those things that you, you know, if you like your mom, you want to do. And... I got her a bag. I have a coach tabby in ivory <laughs> and I saw the red one come out. They came out with a red one and I got it for my mom and spending $500 or whatever on a bag for my mom for Christmas was just like, okay, I made it. And it was also the first year I think that it shifted and I felt like an adult because for the first time I was more excited to give a gift than I was excited to get a gift. And that feels like, that feels like maturity, you know, it might sound stupid, but that was a shift. That was a defining shift because it's so much more fun to give a gift than it is to get one. It just is. And when she opened it and she like cried a little bit and she was like, thank you. And I cried a little bit because I was like, I can finally get my mom a fucking bag for Christmas. Like it was tea. It was fun. Very definitive. 10. Stony Clover Lane. You guys know, if you know me at all, or if this is your first time listening or knowing me or whatever, I am obsessed with Stony Clover Lane pouches. I have one in my bag right now. I have one in my hands. You can hear it. I honestly don't know where it's... I think it started because they invited me to the Stony Clover Lane American Girl collab launch which was crazy because they gave everybody a doll I literally walked away with a Felicity doll it was it was like <laughs> that was the easiest doll I've ever gotten no but Stony Clover Lane is like a customizable bag company founded by these two girls Kendall and Libby and I just, I love them. They're like my, they're like my 27 year old hyper fixation. Like that was like my obsession this year was Stony Clover Lane bags. I think I have like 750 of them. Like I have a sick amount of them and I feel like I mentioned them like once a podcast. So defining, <laughs> they were a defining bag moment this year. Number nine, seeing Sarah Jessica Parker in the park. I was sitting on the rock, on a rock in Central Park one day. It was a Friday afternoon, and I took out my AirPods to be present. And a film crew rose by in a rowboat. And I was like, oh my God, they must be filming an indie film or something. Like, it's so cute. I like kind of like craned my neck to like see who it is. It's Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick in a rowboat in Central Park, rowing by me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, life moves pretty fast. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you could miss it. That was like my takeaway from that. I literally ran 
I like saw her get off the boat and I ran to go catch up to her and her like handler lady was like don't like we're work like she was like don't she was like she saw me like excited like I was like a like golden retriever I was like oh my god and she was like and I was like hi <laughs> and Sarah Jessica was like oh hi 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 um um yeah we can take a picture really quick really quick like I'm working like she didn't even stop walking she just like whatever um and I got some really cute content out of it I got a reel out of it a TikTok out of it like it was just a fun moment obviously seeing see, seeing Sarah Jessica Parker in Central Park is any New Yorkers like any like a defining moment for any New Yorker you know so that was a pretty cool one and like you know <clears throat> I know her so it's like seeing an old friend or something <laughs> that's <clears throat> she's sent me mail before but it's it's fine it's cool it's like it's we're chill number eight we're gonna stay in central park because number eight is camping with a guy in central park i've told this story i think a little bit before on the pod but basically i was seeing this guy and then we like kind of were like just like kind of on the outs you know like we weren't like we just kind of like fizzled out whatever but I got this invite to go camping in Central Park and I had to make a choice content or romance which if you want to hear more about this th I think it's like the very first episode or the second episode I go in depth but basically I was like do I go sleep in a tent with a friend in Central Park or do I bring a guy and I decided to bring the guy because I was like when else am I gonna sleep in Central Park and also I'm definitely not going to be able to sleep. And if you're not able to sleep, I feel like there's only other, there's, there's only like, you know, if you're going to be with somebody and you can't sleep, like there's only one thing to do. And I was like, you know what? Like I was just thinking ahead. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be in a tent with my friend, like scrolling TikTok in Central Park. You know what I mean? There's b bigger fish to fry. <laughs> So I brought the guy and we enjoyed a night in Central Park and uh, it was, I'm trying to think of what the defining moment of it was. I think, I think the like learning lesson is just to like be down for adventure and like say yes to the dress kind of, kind of vibe. Like even if you're like nervous to do something, you should do it. And even if you like don't want to do something necessarily, like not that, like I wanted to do it, but I was also hesitant because I was like, is this weird? Like inviting a guy to s sleep in Central Park? Like, should I do this? But I did it and it was fun and no regrets. So if you're thinking about doing something, I think you should do it. That's the moral. That's the morsel. Number seven, upstate. So I have not spent as much time upstate New York as I have this past year. And I want to shout out Kat, my friend Kat, because she has pretty much taken the helm on like all of our upstate trips. Like she like maps out where to go and like where we'll stay. And um, so I've just gotten to like enjoy a bunch of really fun upstate trips. Um, and it's making me think about like trying to get a place upstate. Like, I don't know. Do people do that? Can I do that? Should I do that? 
I just think it would be so much fun. Like we go to these Airbnbs that have so much land and space and you can like move around and it's quiet and there's fresh air and there's these like things in the sky when it gets dark. I think they're called stars, but I'm not sure, but they're beautiful and it's just so nice. And somebody the other day said to me, I think, like the only way to live in New York is to leave a lot. And it got me thinking. It did. It got me thinking. So maybe that's the takeaway. Just upstate. Like up. this is my, like I've been in my upstate era this year. So just like linen sheets and just like doing something that you might want to do, I highly recommend going upstate. Number six, doing a play. So I was in a play. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you kn knew this, but I went to college for theater. I was a theater major. I started out as an acting major. So like I, I'm a studied actress. Like I'm, a, I'm, you know, a pro, but I haven't been acting ever since my social media career took off. And I wanted to get back to my roots. So I did a play with some friends from college. And it was a lot of fun. But it was also a lot of work. And I had to memorize. And I had to rehearse. And it was very different from my day-to-day -day of, like, showing up on my iPhone screen and, like, making some edits, you know? It was very much like, okay, show up in person and there's going to be, like, an audience. So... Uh, it was a defining moment this year though. Like if, if I'm talking about like roses and thorns, like that was definitely like a rose of this year. Um, and it made me, it definitely gave me like the acting itch a little bit again. So who knows? Maybe you'll, maybe you'll see me on stage again soon. Number five, launching a podcast called Harry Tales. You guys, this has been a long time coming and it's definitely been a defining moment for 27. I think it, so I used to have a podcast and then I stopped and a year went by and I finally was ready to do another podcast <clears throat> solo. You know, this is a solo podcast. Um, I do have guests, but like it's me and it's been scary at times, but it's been so much fun and it gives me a place to like talk and like y'all know I can talk. And um, I've got this amazing team with Laura and Brian and Ashley and Alex and everybody here at Hoff Studios who run the show and make it happen. So shout out to all of them and shout out to all the people listening. Thanks for listening to Harry Tales. We love it here. But it's been crazy. And I can't wait to see where the podcast goes, honestly. Um, I think... I feel like it's in a it's in its like incubating like baby stage and I feel like we're like on the precipice of like something great. So, stay tuned. We'll see where it goes. Number 4, getting interviewed for the New York Times. I think it it just like checked all the boxes of like okay, I'm in my 20s, I'm in New York. I'm getting interviewed for going to the American girl place and having a cocktail. Like it was just so many things 
come to fruition. Is that how you say it? Come, so many things came to, fr- so it was a very like full circle moment. It just was like, okay, for a little kid who grew up playing with American girls to then be interviewed by the New York Times after living in New York City for nine years to be like recognized in the city. The headline, there were like <clears throat> two headlines, the one online and the one in print. In print, in print, we were in print, it was crazy. My face in the New York Times, Na- like give me, name a New Yorker who wouldn't love that. I mean, I guess there are so many. I'm sure there are so many people that are like, what the fuck, I don't wanna be the newspaper. But <clears throat> it was very it was very fun. Again, it was with my friend Serena and we went to the American Girl place on a rainy Monday morning in February. It was either Tuesday or Monday, but we brought some American Girl dolls, we had lunch, and we were interviewed by Shane at the New York Times. And then we were in print like a week or two later, and the headline was, the headline in print was, you're never too old to meme with dolls. I think that was the headline. You're never too old to meme with dolls. And that was like, like here I am talking about 27. Here I am talking about like memeing. Here I am talking about dolls. Like it was just everything. Like it it just felt like very of the moment for me. Does that make sense? It was very definitive. (laughs) They were, all these things were so definitive. Number three is the backlash to the New York Times article. So... Somebody wrote an article that was like against the article that just came out and I got it got sent to me when I was at Equinox on the rowing machine. I'm not like I don't like hate. (laughs) I don't like when people are mad at me. I don't like when people dislike me. I don't like like who... I don't like haters. And so somebody writing an article that was like, keep adults and influencers away from the American girl place. Like kind of just taking the whole article out of context and kind of like just trashing me and Serena as like, you know, like what do they even do? Like they're just influencers. Like why are they even here? Like kind of just like that. But it was a defining moment because I was like, okay, like y'all are not going to please everybody. Like you really can have something that you think is so fun and special and cool and then have other people turn around and be like, fuck you. (laughs) And I don't think I'd had a moment. I I don't think I'd had something like that happen. And it, it was like, it was kind of like the toe ring breaking off. It was freeing because I was like, okay, like it's out of my control. Like, I don't know, like, sorry that you don't like that. And You know, the girl who wrote it looked really cute. Like I went to her Twitter to like see who, who was shit talking and she looked really cute. And I was like, you fucked up. Cause like we could have been friends. We could have been friends and you had to write some stupid article about me in the article though. She was like, because in the New York times article, I wrote that the American girl place is like, Disneyland for literary girls and gays and in this takedown article the girl is like yeah and Harry Hill says that blah 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 and I think that's really funny and I will be adding that to my vernacular and I was like so 
what is the truth? I was like, okay, what now? But yeah, just the takeaway that like you can't, it just, it helped me like grow up, I think. Like having the article and then having like the backlash to the article, I was like, okay. Also the New York Times posted it on their Instagram and like of course all the comments were like, ew, this is so weird, like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, look, people. <laughs> not that deep and you're not going to please everybody so just live your motherfucking life okay what was what number was that that was number three i think or was it number two it was three it was number three but i put number two as upstate again so i'm gonna have to change it really quick um number two uh the number two most defining moment are probably, I'm trying to think of like another, like, like what did I wear a lot? And I think these shoes are kind of, are Adidas Sambas a defining moment of my 27th year? Mm. Uh. <laughs> Hits a wall. Um, Let's just skip number two. The second most defining moment of being 27 is not having a second most defining moment. The number one most defining moment of being 27, and I think this is like kind of, I debated whether or not to make this number one because I've never said it out loud to I've only like I've I've only talked about it with my friends, but I think you guys are my friends. So the number one most defining moment of being 27 is being a sellout. Like there like tomatoes like hit my head. What I mean by that is that I think I just got carried away with doing ads on Instagram. I, that's like, it's like simple as that. I just got carried away. I just like said yes to all the bags. I just kept saying yes, 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 yes. And what happened, and I think what people mean when they say sellout is just like you, well, let's define sellout. I'm going to actually, I'm going to look it up right now because like, I just want to, I just want to explain it. Cause if you don't know what a sellout is basically, okay. Selling out, oh, <laughs> it's a noun, but it says the selling of an entire stock of something, especially tickets for an entertainment or sports event. Eh. A sale of business or company. Eh. Here's the one. Okay, you ready? A betrayal of one's principles for reasons of expedience. And I think that accurately describes how I feel, which is just that, like, I gained followers on Instagram from having a voice. Like I was, I was funny. I was funny. Sorry. I was funnier than your mom and I was funnier than your dad. And I'm probably funnier. No, I'm totally kidding. But that's how I gained it. That's how I gained an audience. So what happens when you gain a bunch of followers on Instagram by making free content for years, for three years? And then all of a sudden, oh, we're actually going to pay you now to post something. You're like, yes. Yes, now I can stop working as a waiter. Now I can stop working at mashup. Like now I can 
now I can just like, <clears throat> it, it, what it feels like is, oh, now I can sit at home and be on Instagram all day and get paid for it, which like was the case for like 10 minutes. But then just like any other job, like you have to do work and I made moves to like make it a career. I got a manager, um, which is amazing, but I just got carried away and I said yes to so many brand deals. So just to give you context, like just to show you, because you're probably not aware. You might be if you follow me on Instagram, but you might not be aware of how many brands I've worked with since turning 27. Here are all the brands I've influenced, I've worked with, like I've partnered with, like they have paid me since I turned 27. Rockefeller Center, Fur, Phantom of the Opera, 7-Eleven, The Nate App, Milk Bar, Mazda, Bud Light Seltzer, Everlane, Piercing Pagoda, Adobe, Bosha, Absolute Vodka, Sunday Riley with Sephora, Evolution Fresh, Moxie Hotels by Marriott, SkinCeuticals, Vitamin Water, Hendrix Gin, Hotels.com, Vizzy, Bros the Movie, Harry's, Bacardi, Magnum Ice Cream, Candy Crush, Brooklyn and Brookfield Place, HBO Max, Mio, Instagram Business, Bailey's, Kava, and Tata Harper. I don't even know how many that is, but that's a lot of brands. When people say they girl bossed too close to the sun, that's how I feel. Like, I just feel like I got, I just like got carried away. And I think once you're in it, it's hard to like get out of because then you are making a certain amount of money and you want to keep making that amount of money. And so you're going to keep saying yes to doing things that you you know, might not be crazy about, but that pay, <laughs> um, I've been crazy about every single brand deal I've done though. So don't get it twisted. But I miss being funny and I miss my voice and I miss the freedom to be able to say everything I want to say, which is why I'm kind of like hesitant even right now. Like right now I'm like, should we cut, I'm like, should we cut this part? Like, should we just not have a number one? Should I just like cut it off at number two? But no, I think this is important. And, um, I think when you turn another year older, it is important to look back and reflect on all the things that you've done in the year so that you don't keep doing them. Like, I don't want to keep being a sellout. Like, I would like to get back to my creative roots. I want to be funnier than your dad again. Like, I want to be the person that you thought I was when you started following me. <laughs> no, I just want to be, you know, I just, want to be funny again that's like that's basically it and so I think that was the most defining moment though because I was looking back through my camera roll and it's like I've done so many things this year but like all I can really think about is like the jobs that I've done and like the 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 paid partnership posts that I've made and when they just happen so quickly and like in succession it's just like it's just a lot and there's so many moving parts and it's more of a job than people realize. And I'm not going to be the influencer that complains. Like I have nothing to complain about, but, um, I think this is just me saying 
to myself, like, you better not fucking be a sellout when you turn 29. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> From me to me. Wow. That feels good to say. That feels good. I should, maybe I should rebrand as a sellout. I think that could be like the next chapter of like content is like being like the self-aware sellout. Because not many people would admit it. Not many people would admit. So I just, I think the, I think the other thing is just like, it's not how I started. And I, I don't want to keep doing something for my entire life, but having a voice is always going to be like what I want to have. Like, that's it. And if you feel that voice getting lost and you feel it like, I think that's when it's time to like really be like, wait, 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 stop the car. <laughs> stop the car. And get out of the driver's seat, walk around to the back and look for bullet holes. <laughs> no, but like you guys get what I'm saying. Okay. I think that that's enough sellout talk. So I'm going to just end on a wish for my 28 year old self. I hope that during my 28th year, I, um, find my voice again. I'm, I'm trying to think of like the words, but really that's all it is. I just want to find my voice again. Okay. Ariel, <laughs> I just want to find my voice again. Keep singing. Probably the most vulnerable, <laughs> probably the most vulnerable I've been on this podcast. And it's like the 11th episode. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like who knows where this could go? What if I become like, <laughs> what if I become like, you know, like, I don't even know, but anyway, those were my 26 most defining moments of being 27 because we don't have a second one. <laughs> so with that, uh, I hope you, <laughs> so with that, I hope you have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening and I'll see you when I'm another year older and maybe a little bit wiser. Okay, bye.